Hey everybody, this is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com and this is Healthcare 101 where I'm going to be talking about the healthcare issue and just kind of explaining the dynamics of the healthcare issue. Now, again, I'm from the United States, so I'm explaining it from sort of a perspective of the United States. Healthcare is an issue that is kind of quite unique from country to country because so many countries have evolved their healthcare systems in such different ways. Um, the one thing that is sort of the same about all of them is that they've gotten far away from actually having any kind of market for healthcare. Even in the U.S., okay, well, a lot of people think that just because the U.S. is not government-run healthcare, that it's somehow market-based, it's still very far from a traditional market where you have sort of free entry of competition, uh, consumer-making purchasing decisions, um, and I'm, I'm going to talk more from that angle. Um, one of the best ways, if you want to learn the history of kind of how the U.S. healthcare market kind of evolved to what it became, I think would be the book... The Primal Prescription by uh, by Robert Murphy and Doug McGuff. It's a really good book. Um, it covers not just sort of how healthcare in the U.S. became what it is now and sort of what are the policy solutions to it, but also discusses sort of how do you maneuver uh, the existing healthcare system so that way uh, you can defend yourself by your own actions, um, by either having better health or just understanding the system better. So it's a really worthwhile read. I highly recommend it. It's called The Primal Prescription by uh, Robert Murphy and Doug McGuff. Uh, just because this is a complicated, a much more complicated issue than I can really cover in one audio, even the basics. But bottom line is this. One, a couple things I want to initially separate out. There's the idea of health, which means your health. So basically, we want everyone to be as healthy as possible. Now... Two aspects are going to determine how healthy you are. One, your own, in your well, actually three things. One, your own natural sort of things that you're born with. If you're born with certain conditions, certain, uh, yeah, certain conditions, that's going to affect your health. That's a little bit less under your control. Two, your choices, the healthy, the lifestyle that you choose and how that's going to affect your health. That's going to play a large role in the quality of life you have. So if you make poor health decisions, eat healthy, don't get enough exercise, um, that's going to affect your quality of health and your quality of life. And three, your health care. So getting regular checkups, uh, doing not only preventative measures, but treating the things that you have, those things are also going to affect your health. So basically here we're going to focus more on the aspect of health care. So yes, there's your health. You should do what you can to make your health better. There are certain things you can't control. Again, you might be born with a particular condition or with a certain abnormality that is out of your control, but there are other aspects that are in your control that you can change to, to, to improve your quality of life, improve quality of your health. Then there's your health care. Now, the health care system is just basically a term that refers to how health care is provided. So that only determines sort of who provides health care, but how is it paid for? Who makes the decision to pay? Who makes the decision of where, who provides services? There's all these aspects of a health care system, okay? And that health care system can be centralized where it's, you know, truly just a government-run system. So government decides who can be a doctor. The government actually pays the doctor. The government builds the hospitals. The government does everything. And, it, it can, and then there's shades of gray to the most decentralized where there's no government involvement. Hospitals are, everything is just independently run. And basically you have sort of true market mechanisms. So you choose which doctors you go to. You choose whether you go to a doctor. You choose, you pay directly or you, you determine what's the arrangement for payment. And then there's several different arrangements out there. And the best arrangements survive in the long run. Um, that's sort of the 
other extreme. In the, there's nowhere in the world that's truly one of one extreme versus the other. So if you take a look at most countries that have sort of even government-run healthcare systems, the government-run healthcare system doesn't necessarily pay for everything. They generally pay for um, the basics. They either pay for like the very basics and sort of the catastrophic amounts, and then oftentimes expect you to buy sort of additional private insurance for everything kind of in between. So generally you end up having a higher tax to pay for the basics and then you still got to pay for an additional policy um, if you either want to go to a private hospital, um, which still exists in those countries. So there'll be private hospitals where you would use your private insurance to pay instead of getting the free service at the public hospital where you probably have a longer wait and you know it's a little bit more crowded. You might not have the, the, the highest reputation doctors compared to the private hospital who will pay a little bit more to get that doctor with a better reputation, yada, yada, yada. Um, there's some mix of that, okay? So it's not like any system is pure public or pure private in existence and there's shades of gray. Some Basically, it's all private, but the government may pay for a certain level of service or whatnot. Even in the U.S., just the vast majority of healthcare actually is government provided because a lot of the healthcare that's provided on a day-to-day basis as far as payment goes and here when I'm really talking when I say government provided I mean government paid because there's a difference between government delivery of healthcare versus government payment of healthcare government might run the hospital and then you pay for it that's a different way that's a, that's a different thing than someone else a private delivery of healthcare but the government's paying for it um, but in the U.S., a lot, basically you have Medicare, which is like for older people. Um, and people, I think, on disability also qualify for Medicare. And that's for – that's basically covers your health care. You, pri- you go to a private place to deliver the health care, but the government pays for it. And the government has very rules of who they're willing to pay, what they're willing to pay. And so doctors who are willing to follow those rules will cater to those Medicare patients. Then there's Medicaid. Medicaid is for, you know, basically if you're poor, whatnot. Now, that's also going to have different rules on what the government's willing to pay, who are they willing to pay. And far as my understanding goes, um, those are much less generous than Medicare. Okay, so basically when you when you treat someone who's on Medicaid, the government's going to be willing to pay less, pr- provide less, etc. So there's a lot less doctors who may necessarily be willing to serve a Medicaid patient because of the amount of money they'll get back or they can charge. And then there's the Veterans Administration, which is the VA system. Now, the VA system, the way I understand it, is that works through actually a, a network of hospitals that is run by the government, the VA hospitals. Um, so that means generally if you want to get your free sort of veterans care, you go to the nearest hospital. And I think in certain situations, they will pay for you to go to a private hospital. But generally, you have to go to the VA hospital, which sometimes have really, really long waits. So it's more similar to a government. It's government delivery and government payment. So you have kind of three models of how healthcare is run. Okay, so you have right even in the U.S., you have three models that you can just kind of visibly see. You have um, of government involvement in healthcare. First one being sort of the VA, where it's basically totally government-run, government-run hospitals, government-run payment, everything's government-run. And that's generally one of the ones I think I hear the most complaints about. Again, I'm not a veteran, so I'm, I haven't experienced the system. So I would go out, look for somebody who has experienced the veteran, the VA system and ask them about their experiences. 
but I have heard about long waits, people who uh, die because they're on, uh, they're waiting like nine months for an appointment. So that's kind of very systematic of like a complete control. Then there's Medicaid. Now, while Medicaid provides you with health care at little to no cost, oftentimes it's hard for you to find care because the reimbursement rates are so low that a lot of doctors want to provide it. So you're not, you're not, you don't have access to sort of the best doctors. And that's actually probably more similar to what a lot of countries do. Um, and then there's Medicare. Medicare is a little bit more generous. It was one that p- pays a little bit more. So you get quality care, but it's only available to a few people and it's a lot more expensive for government to provide. So what happens with the politicians? The politicians are saying, hey, we want Medicare for all. Of course, we want sort of the system that pays the most. So people are going to be happiest with it. We're going to sell that to everybody. Problem is the cost of that level of care for everybody would be quite high. Okay. Well, something like, uh, well, something, a system similar to a Medicaid or a VA is cheaper, but quality is probably a lot less. Okay. And again, so that's, this explains for sort of the government level, but you can also take a look at what happens in sort of private markets where there is very little to no government involvement. One of the prime examples that people use is always uh, either cosmetic surgery um, and uh, veteran of not, not veterans, but veterinary care. So for like your pets. In both of these areas, there's really no government provision. There might be some like government regulation in certain areas, but for the most part, if you want to go get cosmetic surgery, you have to go pay for your care. You don't get it through your insurance. You don't, uh, you pay for it. So in that case, what happens is that practices that provide cosmetic surgery have to really, one, design a practice that pleases the consumer because they're paying directly Two, offers them the most affordable price possible. So there's constant investment in making it the best experience at the best price because they want to get people to come to them because it's the end consumer. It's not, and I'll come back to the way it works for other aspects of healthcare where you have a more hybrid system. So there you've seen a lot of innovation. You see a lot of dropping in prices where basically things like LASIK surgery have dropped in price from like 10, used to be like $10,000 to get LASIK surgery to now sometimes two, $3,000 or a lot less. And same thing for a lot of other plastic surgery. Or if it's same thing for veterinary care, where basically a, a, a vet, a veterinary hospital, basically you pay to go take your pet, your dog, your cat, your bird to that hospital. So they're going to try to create the best experience because you care about your animal, but they're also going to try to provide you with the lowest cost because it, you know, you're making the choice whether to spend. So if you can't afford it, you're not going to go there. So there's a constant innovation of experience and price. Well, if you take a look now, what the majority of the people in the U.S. end up experiencing is neither of these systems that we've talked about before. Not sort of the kind of really, truly private markets that you see in veterinary care and in LASIK. Not these government-run markets that you see in VA, Medicare, Medicaid. Instead, you see a sort of, sort of, sort of private insurance, weird hybrid market that has to do with a lot of history in the U.S., and that is basically your, you have to get insurance from your employer most of the time. Okay, and that has to do with World War II and the way compensation worked in World War II. You know, interventions at one point in history in a completely different area have sometimes long ramifications in other areas. So essentially what happens is that insurance companies, since they get generally paid for the employers, they're constantly catering to the employer. They're catering, they want to make a service that's easy for the employer to, to do their HR, to do their taxes, whatnot. That's their customers. So they're not necessarily worried about the individual person who's getting the insurance, more so than pleasing the employer. And then at the end of the day, who pays for your doctor? That insurance that you got from your employer. So the doctor's practice is oftentimes designed 
to get the right paperwork and to do ev- process everything correctly so that way the insurance companies will pay them. They're less concerned with the experience of the individual patients because the patients don't really make a choice to pay and oftentimes they're limited to who they can go to because they can only go to who their respective insurer covers. And each insurer negotiates a separate price with every doctor. So every insurer says, okay, if you want to accept get paid by us, you're going to have these prices for these services, you've got to file these pieces of paperwork, and everyone's different. So basically, the key aspect of a medical practice is the billing, more so than the actual care. And doctors are, and the thing is that the way insurance companies work is that they take their sweet time, and this happens with Medicare and Medicaid too, where they may take their sweet time to actually pay on the bills for, for billing. So what happens is that uh, if you're a doctor and you bill for a service today, you may have to wait six months, a year before you actually get paid on it. So in that case, you have to charge a lot more because when you get that cash, the cash has to last longer because you don't know when you're going to get paid on the business you're doing today. So you, it's a constantly a game of cash flow. So th- people think a lot of doctors just charge a lot because they can. Part of it is because they're trying to generate cash flow because they don't know what they're going to get paid on at the time. They don't know how much they're going to get paid on because I might charge you $100 and after negotiating with the insurance company, I only get $50 back. Um, and I might not get that for nine months. So this is this, there's a lot of sort of tra- intransparency and a lot of confusion. No one knows what... Now, as a patient, oftentimes you don't even know what you're being charged till after the services because you get the bill after the fact. The doctor doesn't know necessarily what they're going to get back, so they always have an incentive to overcharge in hopes that they get something reasonable. So I'll charge you $1,000 in hopes of getting 200 Problem is if the insurance company denies the claim, now I've charged you $1,000 and I expect you to pay me $1,000. Um, and it, so it creates this really weird system where basically the patient's the person with sort of the least amount of agency. Now, in a government-run system, the patient still has very little agency because it's the government who's paying. At the end of the day, providers always cater to who makes the decision to pay. So you, this is why you see such a difference when you take a look at veterinary care and uh, um, plastic surgery and cosmetic surgery. Because in those situations, the consumer's paying, so everything's designed towards the consumer who's making the decision to pay. It's like going to McDonald's. They design everything towards you going to McDonald's. And you see this now. You're starting to see other models pop up, like direct primary care, where people pay a monthly fee to be connected to a network of doctors. Or, and then there's a lot of other new, newer healthcare models. And no one model necessarily covers everything. You may need a mix of different models, a little bit of insurance for this, but a direct primary care for this, but there's ways to do it where it reduces costs, and there's other issues that increase costs. You can take a look at the intellectual property, that that whether you believe intellectual property is something that should be around or not, different libertarians have different views on that. I think most libertarians agree that a lot of the, the intellectual property protections, specifically for healthcare uh, products, oftentimes are overly generous, which increases the cost of medical goods quite a bit. And which, since the profits are so huge, it also drives up the cost of doing research. Because people are willing, since they know they're going to make more, they're willing to pay more for the inputs to research. So it just ends up inflating the cost of finding cures and uh, treatments and stuff like that. And it also prevents finding them because you can't even do research because of the intellectual property uh, issues sometimes. So intellectual property is an issue also a lot of state regulations that prevent sort of you know negotiating which again in a true market you'd be able to negotiate at every level so there's all these other aspects and rules and whatnot that really distort the u.s system now a lot of these 
exists to some extent or to a lesser extent in other countries. Every system is very different. There's all these different pieces to a healthcare system. That's why this is such a complicated issue that people have a hard time agreeing on because people may be focusing on one mechanism and not thinking about all the other mechanisms that create the end result. So hopefully you guys found this interesting. My name is Alex Merced from alexmerced.com. Have a great day and enjoy.